Kane's Big Joe for Absolute Comfort, your trusted independent American Standard Air dealer. And owner Chris Wedekin sells the Mitsubishi Electric Mini Split, a great option for heating and cooling where ductwork can't be installed. If you have one of those homes that has baseboard heat or electric heat, ceiling cable heat, these can be specifically designed for those houses because in those houses it's very difficult to have them do all the construction and remodeling that goes with adding ductwork into those types of homes. Find out more by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted independent American Standard Air Mitsubishi Electric Elite Ductless Pro Dealer. Well, let's talk about Broad Ripple. So we mentioned before the break that after the most recent set of shootings, including four people that were killed here just barely over a week ago in Broad Ripple, uh, four people shot, three of them died. There was a proposal from the Broad Ripple Village Association, and it was quickly heralded by uh, Mayor Hogsett in Indianapolis, where they're, they're going to turn Broad Ripple into a gun-free zone. And Mayor Hogsett had a presser, and he's all gung-ho for this. And he said, yes, he goes, uh, if this uh, is passed, assuming that's by the city county council, he said, it'll, it'll go into effect this week, meaning the weekend we're in right now. Well, did that happen? No, it didn't. What, what was their plan in terms of how to do that legally? Well, I don't know exactly. So you have to speculate a little bit based on the public statements. But here's the, the hurdle they had to get over, and that is that the city of Indianapolis can't just come out and say you can't carry a gun in Broderpool. Now, the individual businesses, the bars, the restaurants, any other business in Broderpool can say you can't bring a gun in our store. That's their private business, their private property. They can have whatever policy they want. And you see that on some, some businesses. They have big signs up, no guns allowed. They can have that policy if they want. Now, in Indiana, unlike a lot of other states, you don't commit a crime by ignoring that sign. You're just violating their policy. Just like any other policy. If they, they have a sign up that says no masks, no service. And you walk in with no mask on, they can go, hey, yo, we have a mask policy. You have to leave if you don't put a mask on. If you leave, no harm, no foul. If you refuse, now you're trespassing. You can go to jail for trespass. Same with no shirt, no shoes, no service. Same deal. You walk in there with no shoes on. Then go, hey, yo, got to have shoes on to come in here. Oh, I'm sorry. You leave. No harm, no foul. Same with a gun. Walk in. You got a gun. Now, most of us carry concealed. They're not going to know you have a gun. But let's say they see the outline under your shirt. Let's say you're open carrying, whatever. You walk in, hey, yo, you can't have a gun in here. You got to leave. You got to leave. And if you don't, you're trespassing. That's how it works. But that's for a private business. Can the city of Indianapolis say you can't carry a gun on the city streets and on the sidewalks in Broderpool? Well, the, the bottom line is our Indiana Preemption Act says local governments like the city of Indianapolis can't regulate firearms. And in particular, they can't regulate the carrying or possession of firearms. It, it's illegal. And if they try, they can be sued. I know I've filed a number of these lawsuits all across the state. And it's got teeth because your measure of damage is if you file one of these lawsuits because the local government is regulating firearms when the Preemption Act says they can't, you can recover essentially four times your attorney's fees as liquidated damages, we call it. Because the statute says you can recover three times your attorney's fees as damages and your attorney's fees. 4X. When you add it all up. 
And that can add up really quickly. You multiply it times four, it could be a big old price tag if a local government wants to violate the Preemption Act. But there are 13 exceptions to the Preemption Act, which sounds like a lot, but really they're very limited. One of them is, and we're pretty sure this is what they were going to rely on in Broad Ripple, is that if a private organizer or promoter of an event leases property from a political subdivision, that's a local unit of government. You have the state as one unit of government, and then the state's divided up into all these other little local units of government, counties and towns and cities and townships and airport authorities and housing authorities and all these other little units of government below the state level. Just local government. Local governments can't regulate firearms. There are certain exceptions. Among the 13 exceptions is one we call the Jimmy Ursay exception, kind of tongue-in-cheek, because the owner of the Colts came out while we were arguing over the Preemption Act in the General Assembly and said, hey, this would prohibit the city from saying you can't bring a gun into property owned by the city, and the city owns a stadium. Then it was the RCA Dome. Now, Lucas Oil Stadium. And we don't really want guns at Colts games. So they, they built an exception into the Preemption Act that says the organizer or promoter of an event, like the Colts, that leases property from a local unit of government, like the city of Indianapolis, or the Capital Improvement Board, more specifically, that owns the stadium, another unit of government, where that private organizer promoter of an event leases that property in order to stage that event, they can prohibit firearms and the city can help them enforce that. Now, it's still not a crime. If you carry a gun into Lucas Oil Stadium for a Colts game, you don't go to prison. You just get kicked out. Now, they may void your ticket. They may void your season tickets. I don't know. I had season tickets for 30-some years. I'm sure that was in the fine print somewhere. You would think I would go figure that out. But you don't go to prison. They can't make it a crime because it's not otherwise a crime. I have personally carried a gun into Lucas Oil Stadium. When? During five years ago, the NRA annual meeting. When? The NRA allowed you to carry a gun at, at most of the events, as long as the presidential candidates weren't speaking. You could carry a gun at the annual meeting. So it's not a crime to carry a gun there, but they can prohibit it through the process where a private organizer or promoter of an event leases property from the city. So how does that apply to Broderpole? How does the city, in partnership with the Broderpole Village Association, use this exception, which we call the Jimmy Ursay exception, because... Uh, I think they were thinking about Colts games and Pacer games when they build it into the statute. How do they use that to make Broderpole a gun-free zone? Well, theoretically, and again, this is sort of reading between the lines to figure out what it is they're going to do. But it seems to me that the plan probably was to block off some significant section of Broderpole. And I'm thinking... 62nd Street or Butterpool Avenue from college to Guilford or Westfield or some subset of that. But block it off. The logistical problem they have is you have to block off all the side streets as well 
and either have metal detectors at all of them or have some of them just not passable, just fenced off. So you have limited points of entry, then you have metal detectors and armed security, probably IMPD officers, at each of those points. And you make everybody coming into that area go through a metal detector. Well, that's how you do it logistically. How do you do it legally? Well, theoretically, and they were just talking about this, by the way, every Friday and Saturday night. So it's not during the week. At least that was the proposal I saw. So every Friday and Saturday night, they would what? They'd, they'd, they'd close it off, put up their metal detectors, and call it Friday night in Broderpool. It's an event. And lease all the public space, streets, sidewalks owned by the city, to the village association or some other private promoter of the an event to say, aha, it would have to be a private promoter, and say, aha, we now have a promoter or organizer of an event that's leasing property from the city. They can make it a gun-free zone. Now, the, the breakdown in that is is just calling a typical Friday night in Broderpool an event. I mean, is that like a Colts game or a Pacer game? Of course not. They're using that as a pretext to just not allow anyone, including law-abiding citizens, including people with a license to carry or people who that are, that are legally authorized and capable of carrying under constitutional carry, just prevent them from exercising their Second Amendment rights, exactly what the preemption statute was designed to prevent. When there's no event going on, it's just business as usual in Broderpool, except we're fencing it off and making it look and feel like a prison. So to the extent it was a pretext all along and it wasn't truly an event, they were just trying to shoehorn themselves into this exception in the preemption statute, they were looking at a potential lawsuit. They were looking at a potential lawsuit by my organization, the 2A Project. We'd file that. Now, of course, it's, it depends on what it is they come up with. If it really is a legitimate event scheduled on some Friday or Saturday, and it looks like they're really following not only the letter but the spirit of the preemption law, then okay. They figured it out. They got a pass. May look at amending the statute, but in the meantime, all right. So it depends on what it is. But if it's just typical Friday or Saturday night in Broderpool, you're just shoehorning yourself into this exception. As I said, nah, sorry, that doesn't fly. This is what the preemption statute specifically designed to prevent. I've got a Second Amendment right to carry. The city of Indianapolis can't just strip me of that, absent very limited circumstances. But now it appears they've done a 180. And if not a 180, something pretty close to that. Because what we just heard Wednesday night is the Village Association, they got back together and they now said what they're doing, and they did not rule out. They didn't mention one way or the other the whole gun-free zone business. So maybe that's still on the table, maybe it's not. But it definitely took a step backward because what they announced in order to make things safer in Broderpool is the bars are all now voluntarily. They voted on this, and it was unanimous, apparently, 
the bars in Broderpool are all going to close at 1 p.m. 1 a.m., excuse me. <laughs> Producer Carl goes, 1 p.m.? Guy, can't, you can't have a late lunch in Broderpool. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. You saved me from my stupidity there. 1 a.m. They're all going to close at 1 a.m. And get this. They said they're going to they're going to stop the use of private promoters to organize events that may a- attract an unsavory crowd. They said they're going to they're going to they're going to push back on, they're going to cut back on. They're going to diminish the use of private promoters. What's that mean? That's the exact opposite of the direction they need to go in order to legally get around the preemption statute to declare a gun-free zone. That tells me, and again, I'm just reading tea leaves here. This is speculation. And they could they could pivot again and make me look like an idiot for even saying this. And I fully acknowledge that's not only possible but likely. But what that appears to me to be is that they've completely backed up on making it a gun-free zone. I would like to think, because they saw the likelihood of getting sued under the preemption statute and the likelihood of losing. But for whatever reason, by saying that, yeah, okay, they're going to close early, that makes sense to me. I get it. Look, no no business wants to give up possible you know, opportunity to make money, to, have, to generate revenue, and they're cutting off two hours of business. Okay. They're cut down costs as well. And, you know, I'm sure diminish the 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 bad guys coming into broader to start trouble to the extent the businesses simply are open there's nothing going on there's nobody there to prey upon and you're gonna get people off the streets that much earlier that's got to help but the fact they're gonna back up on the use of private promoters tells me because that's what they have to have to rely on that particular exception looks like they've changed their mind on gun-free zone i don't know we'll have to see how that plays out that's how it's looking to me